blocks you from interfacing with God. So they do an atonement. Another word for atonement is atonement, bringing you back to have right communication with God. Because the moment you commit sin, no matter who you are, God's face is like this. So the atonement is something to tell God, please turn and look at Him. We have covered the sin. It was very difficult in the old days to please God. Because in the time of the law, the law was not for you to be able to overcome it. The law was to reveal to you that you've always been committing sin. Why the law was not something to help us to overcome it is because the things that the law asked us not to do were already in the nature of man. There is a covetousness in our flesh. That the moment you accept Christ, it fights that covetousness until it dies. Why God decided to give us and show us the law was that he wanted us to appreciate the grace of God. The moment we receive Jesus into our life, it gives us the ability to now live the nature of Christ. the law had capital offenses and the punishments were also very very cruel if you sleep with somebody's wife you are to be stoned to death if you mistakenly remove somebody's eye your eye has to be removed too an eye for an eye there was no provision for forgiveness there was only a little provision for the covering of the sin the provision is that for every day of your life, since you can't stay one day without committing sin, move to the church with one bullock. And that doesn't even wash the sin. It is just to cover. But it was difficult because how many people will be able to provide bullocks every day? And when Jesus was presented, Jesus became a sin offering. The Bible said that Jesus was made sin. He was not a fornicator. He was made fornication. He was not lusting after anybody. He was made lost. The implication is that when he was made sin, he was now accused as the cause. Thank God for Jesus. Raise it up again. Say, Thank God for Jesus. Wow. Exodus chapter 29, 36 to 37. That's for the brothers, for the sisters. Let's be on Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, 18 to 19. Shadow light up. Mountains you will climb up. Coming up to me. Once you would bring down Coming up to me There's no shadows you would light up You would climb up Coming up to me Exodus 29 
There's no one she would coming after me. Exodus 29 from verse 36. And you shall offer every day a bullock for a sin offering for atonement and you shall cleanse the altar when you have made an atonement for it and you shall anoint it to sanctify it. Seven days you shall make an atonement for the altar and sanctify it and it shall be an altar most holy. Whatsoever touches the altar shall be holy. Okay. Wow. Let's go back again to 36. Let's see what we have to be bringing to the altar every Sunday. Every day rather. And you shall offer every day a bullock. Charlie? <laughs> Who knows what a bullock is? Get your dictionary. Let's know what God is requiring from us every day. Oh God. In this Buhari regime. A young bull. What's bull? Okay, an adult male ox. So you have to bring the child every day. That's seven days a week. You have seven bulls to bring. And for one full week, you have to bring seven. And that's for one person in the family. That's to say, if you guys are about eight persons in the family, you have to bring eight times seven in a week. Eight times seven is what? Fifty-six. So, a family of eight is to produce about fifty-six bullocks. (sighs) (laughs) Hebrews chapter 10, verse 18 to 19. Now, where remission of this is, there is no more offering for sin. Oh, Jesus. Oh, God. Just lift up your hands and say, thank you for Jesus. That will be the topic of my preaching. Sit down. Wow. In the ancient days, it was very difficult in the old days to please God. Because in the time of the law, the law was not for you to be able to overcome it. The law was to reveal to you that you've always been committing sin. That was the essence of the law. When God is saying, thou shalt not steal, it wasn't for you not to steal, rather. It was actually to reveal to you that you have been displeasing God. And that you cannot please God by yourself. What it means is that, you see, God did not bring the law from the beginning. He brought the law around Exodus. After about Genesis, the time passed in Genesis, the law didn't come. But during the Exodus time, God gave Moses the law. So all through the time of the old where Jacob were there and all of the people and so on, God used to judge them by their conscience. He speaks to them by their mind. They follow him by the times of the conscience. So... It's actually their conscience that tells them what they do is right or what they don't do is not right and so on. They never really had a Bible to read. They never had anything. So they followed God like that. But they keep offending God. And they didn't know they were offending God. It's just like you finish the university and you have tutu. And you now ask, why should I have tutu? Tell me, why should I have tutu? So they now give you how to calculate CGPA. 
so that you now know why you have 2-2. Two, two. The giving you of the CGPA or the formula to calculate it is not to make you have first class. It's just to reveal to you that you are a 2-2 two, two candidate. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's to reveal to you, it's to make you understand why. So the reason is because why the law was not something to help us to overcome it is because the things that the law asked us not to do were already in the nature of man. Man has a nature of covetousness. Man naturally covets. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is in the nature of man to covet. You need the Holy Spirit to move you out of being covetous. Do you understand what I'm saying? I mean when there is light in the whole of Akbaden for one full week and you don't have light in your house. That's when you know that you have a covetousness that the Holy Spirit is trying to deal with. But if there's no light for one full month, there's no light, you don't have, I don't have, there's no problem. But let there be light for even one day and you have and this one doesn't have. You see, the only time you rest is when they have collected the lights. Do you understand what I'm saying? If you go to your resort and you have B, the next thing you check is others. What are they having? If others have B, there's no problem. Do you understand what I'm saying? But if you have B and others have A, that's where you have problem. There is a covetousness in our flesh that the moment you accept Christ, it fights that covetousness until it dies. The same thing with vengeance. That's why very many persons, when they give their life to Christ, they feel that God should walk like Juju. Do you understand? God should walk like Juju. That's why our church is very different. You don't hear us sing God of vengeance will find my battle for me. And uh, every auntie from my uncle's side, as I lift up my hands to pray, die by fire. So you don't find us pray those things because we understand how God works. There is something called the flesh. The flesh wants you to retaliate. Somebody came to me and had a levantiatis. The leg was as big as five people's leg. She couldn't even walk. She was walking like this and came to me. And I told her, what do you want me to do? Because I like asking that question. So many people who are sick don't know what they want. So the woman came and told me, I want you to return this thing back to the person who is doing it. (laughs) I said, is that what you want? I said, yes. I want you to return it back. I think you don't even want healing. Oh. You don't want healing. Okay. What the woman is looking for is if all the people in their family will be walking like this. That's what she's looking for. She doesn't even want healing. She wants God to return it back. And you know sometimes if somebody sends you something, send you a message on Facebook and, or maybe a picture on Facebook and you return it back, you still have a picture. The person has a picture. <laughs> so I now sat the woman down and I was preaching to her on why she should repent. And she was wondering why I am preaching to her on repentance. That she's not the one that needs repentance. The person who did this thing is the one that needs repentance. So I started telling her, you have to repent. One, when you repent and you are a child of God, you will start having immunity that doesn't make this kind of thing happen to you. It's not that we don't have attack. It's just that the attack doesn't touch us. (laughs) Do you understand what I'm saying? So I told her, that's the first thing why you have to repent. Two, you have to repent too because if you don't repent, your prayers, now that you are having pains and problems, your prayers will not be accepted at this point. You have to repent so that your prayers will be accepted. As in when you are praying, say, Lord, I want you to heal me. God can even hear it. Because the prayer of a sinner is still abomination before the Lord. It doesn't matter what the sinner is going through. Do you understand what I'm saying? Very many times you see that there is this flesh in us that really wants so many things. So the law that God gave about the Ten Commandments that God gave was to reveal to us how the nature of man is. Can you imagine that somebody can have a very beautiful wife and he's still sleeping around outside? 
And the Bible calls it adultery. So the Bible said, thou shalt not commit adultery. Because it is in the man's spirit to always want to do something contrary to God's plan. It is in the nature of man. Do you understand what I'm saying? It is in the nature of man to kill. Oh, you may feel I am stressing it too much. All of you here, all of us that are sitting down here, have a tendency of killing. I'll give you an example right now. Has anybody done you something so bad and you feel like you have powers? And you feel how I wish I have some powers. Has a lecturer insulted you so bad or done something and you feel like you can do like this and the person is lifted up and you do like this and the person falls on the ground? <laughs> Has any senior student done something so bad to you and you feel like you can do like this and the person gets slapped in his house? That's how it starts. So we have that tendency to be evil. So when God came, he presented to us ten things. Because man was always like, God, I've not committed sin. God, I've not done anything wrong. What have I done wrong? I've not done anything wrong. I have been following you. I've been doing this. He started with Cain. Cain was asking God, what did I do wrong? I didn't do anything wrong. Because when Cain killed his brother, there was nothing like thou shalt not kill. So he doesn't even know that what he's doing is bad. Why are you doing this to me? So God listed up the ten commandments for us. And man started to struggle. That's when we now discover that we know the good things, but we can't do it. Man started struggling with himself, trying not to steal, but he steals. Everybody who steals knows that stealing is bad. Everybody who steals knows that stealing is bad. But they don't have the power to do without it. Why God decided to give us and show us the law was that he wanted us to appreciate the grace of God. What the grace of God does is that it's different from what some pastors are preaching about the grace. The grace is not that Jesus has died for us then from that day you can continue stealing. There's no problem. If you steal, it is not recorded. God has died for your past sin, present, and future, and future participle uh, sin. That's not what it means. The grace becomes the nature of God. So when you have now received Jesus into your life, do you know what it means to receive Jesus into your life? You are now telling Jesus, Jesus, the life that you want me to live, I cannot live it. Come inside of me and live your life by yourself. So by the time Jesus comes into you, he starts living the life of Christ in you. It's like when somebody is not a witch, he cannot disappear. He cannot stand at the wall and disappear. Like stand at the wall like this and just pew, it disappears. Do you understand? But how the person can start disappearing is that if he gets a spirit of witchcraft inside of him, he can now do. The spirit of witchcraft can now use the body and do what witchcrafts do. The person can just squat down, turn into a mosquito, and fly. <laughs> that's it, because that's the nature that he has just, he has just got to the nature that helps him to produce what that nature does. Do you understand what I'm saying? So now... The moment we receive Jesus, oh, I feel like preaching here. The moment we receive Jesus into our life, something just happens to us. It gives us the ability to now live the nature of Christ. So that's why God decided to give us the law. And when he gave us the law, he said, okay, this is the law. Thou shalt not kill. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not covet your neighbor's property. Thou shalt not, thou shalt not. He listed it up and said, okay. Um, one of us here, one of my sons here, but not a very devoted person anywhere. 
is here. He's even here now. I just want to say something about him. You will not know him unless he laughs too much. Now, on Sunday morning, one Sunday morning, he went to the junction. He went to the junction and he saw some few guys who were using a cup and they put something in the cup and they were doing this. If you open here, you chop. If you open here, you don't chop. If you open here, you don't chop. This one, now you chop. You see this one, this one. Look at me, this one, you chop. And they did it like this and and they say open. And somebody there among the people just opened and ate and took the money. And the monkey moved closer. The guy did not know that they are using juju to do it. The juju cut him. That's why I say he's not very devoted in church. The juju cut him. So he moved down there and finished the money in his pocket and gave his phone. And all he was looking for was how do I open the one that the thing is in. But because sometimes it looks like when you are seeing, he said, okay, okay, turn it again. He turns and I said, okay, wait. So which one is it? Wait, I know. I know the one it is. Wait, wait, let me open the other one. And keep opening the empty one. So he came to church about past 12 that day. So I told him, why were you not in church? He now cornered me somewhere and told me what happened to him. So God was showing us in the law. God showed you, this is it. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. Don't do this. And did everything. I said, okay, <laughs> let's, uh, let's see. And we tried by our power not to steal. That's why very many of you are still in the Old Testament. Even in the New Testament. You don't understand what I'm saying. When you have not yet received Jesus into your life, you are in the Old Testament. You are operating on the law. That is the card. You are trying by yourself. You are trying to be religious. You are trying to be religious. You are trying to do by yourself not to smoke. By yourself not to womanize. By yourself. And that's why the Bible now says that your self-righteousness is like a filthy rag before him. Because no matter how you wash it, it's still very dirty. All the law had capital offenses and the punishments were also very, very cruel. Can I tell you the punishments? The punishment was that if you sleep with somebody's wife, you are to be stoned to death. You are to be stoned to death. If you kill, you are to be killed too. If you mistakenly remove somebody's eye, your eye has to be removed too, an eye for an eye. If you are married and they find out that you are not a virgin, they have to stone you, stone your parents to death too. Hey, many of you would have killed your parents. <laughs> very many other sins like that so all the sins were capital offenses there was no provision for forgiveness there was only a little provision for the covering of the sin huh. man's life was so miserable because you know that this is a sin and you don't have power to overcome it yet the penalty is so great and so when you hear the Bible say, for all have sinned it is because Nobody could be able to save himself from the righteousness of himself. The Bible now said, okay, this is the provision I'm giving to you. For you people to be delivered, for God to even speak to you. Let me give you a provision. The provision is that for every day of your life, since you can't stay one day without committing sin. Hey, every day of your life, maybe at the close of work of every day by six o'clock, make sure as you're coming, don't move down to your house. Move to the church with one bullock. They say, how far? How was today? He said, it was not really easy. I slept, you know, all through the day. I didn't even go out. I slept all through. I just woke up around five. As I just woke up around five, two people just do something where vex me. I talk back at them. So because there's no way you can actually stay a whole day without committing sin. So every day, the Bible says you shall offer every day a bullock for a sin offering. It has to always come. So now... The sin offering is that you bring a bullock. 
and offer it. And it is offered for a bond offering. This is how it is. Oh, God. The bond offering is that there are some offerings that you give. They cut some parts and they give you some to go and do paper soup for your wife. But bond offering is that as you just bring it, they put it on the altar, put fire, and you watch it burned to pieces. Everything is burnt. The only thing that God wants from the bond offering is the aroma. He just inhales the aroma. And that's all. And that does not too doesn't even wash the sin. It is just to cover the sin. And for some sin, hmm, I feel like telling you something. Should I tell you something? For some sin that they stone people to death. You see all this sin that they say for sin offering, bring bullock. They are sin though, that you bring lying and all of that. But there are some sin that you don't need to bring bullock. If you kill a human being, the blood of the animal cannot in the spiritual realm be more bigger than the blood of a human being. So since the blood of the animal is not bigger than the blood of the human being, it cannot cover it. Do you understand what I'm saying? There's no way it can cover it. So since it cannot cover it, for God to keep, because it can be because of you, God has problem with the whole nation. If you reach Joshua's account, one person committed fornication, the Bible said, and 24,000 people died one day. So because if you are left alive, it can be because of you, the whole land of Israel has problem. So what they have to do is that they have to stone you to death. And your parents will even insist that they stone you to death because if they don't stone you to death, you have now turned into a vampire. If they don't stone you to death, their life is at stake. So they will now consider, should we lose the whole land of Israel because of this guy? So they now stone the person to death. So any sin that has to do with blood, that is why you got the scripture that says, suffer not a witch to live. Suffer not a witch to live is that a witch drinks blood, kills human being. So there is no blood of any animal, even a levant, that can be able to be equated in the spiritual realm higher than the blood of a human being that a witch has killed. So because of that, we have to kill the witch because there's no other, and the waste of the killing of witch was stoning. You have to stone it with a stone. Carry stone and stone it till it dies. Two, you have to burn. You have to burn him by fire until he dies. Just set him by fire. So that was the only way out. So every day, as you're returning from work, as Pastor Victor will be returning from work, he will be taking here, him and the wife, and they will be carrying two bullocks every Sunday. And the priest will always be in the temple because you have to be at the temple to do something. And you, after you have done the bullock, breed the bullock, and commit as a sin offering, after that, they do an atonement for you. After they do the atonement for you, you have to drop something for cleansing of the altar Oh God, this guy, you don't understand. The bullock, after you have paid for the bullock, it has nothing to do with the cleansing of the altar. Because that's a separate thing. In fact, while we were washing your sin, some of your sins stain the altar. We have to cleanse it. <sighs> so imagine people that are very poor and cannot do that. What do they do? So later on, they have to start giving substitute. If you are rich, bring the bull. If you are middle class, bring a sheep. Poor, bring at least a dove. And you have to do that always, every day, for washing of your sin. Not even washing, covering of your sin. And cleansing of the altar. Whether you go drop cash or anything, just drop them. For cleansing of the altar. And 
they now make an atonement for you. Atonement is that sin blocks you from interfacing with God. So they do an atonement. Atonement, another word for atonement is atonement. That is bringing you back to have right communication with God. Because the moment you commit sin, no matter who you are, God's face is like this. So the atonement is something to tell God, please turn and look at him. We have covered the sin. So the atonement was always done. Sanctification, so that you can be sanctified, is that something to still make you look holy. You have not taken your bath, but you have uh, put some kerchief in the water, cleaned some of the dangerous aspects of your life. Uh, yeah, it has a way of reducing the smell for a little interval, and later it blow it up until the whole house nobody can stay again. So you just do the sanctification. But it was difficult because how many people will be able to provide bullocks every day? Now, if you have eight people in a family, you have to be bringing bullock every day. Eight times seven, that's seven days a week. How many bullock are you bringing in a week? 56. 56 times 52 weeks, yeah. Ah. There are times that you just be praying so that you can die soon because maybe you are retired. You say, ah, now that I'm retired, I have to die you because no much money is coming again for my bullock remission every day. So Jesus had to come. And Jesus, the Bible said, Jesus became, let me tell you something. Jesus became the sin offering. The Bible said he was made sin. He wasn't a sinner. He was made sin. That is the just said. Because when they bring a bullock, they will now tell a bullock, bullock, you have committed sin. You slept uh, with somebody's child. And whatever, 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 whatever. This is what you do. We are going to burn you. So the penalty of your sin. A bull will now take the penalty of your sin. And they will treat the bull the way you would have been treated. So that was always it. So we always were hiding behind a bull. A bull was always taking the place of man. But there were some times that the sin became too much. God did not even want to talk to human race again. Because the sin was too much. You have covered it, covered it, covered it, covered it. Until it becomes so much. And Jesus came in. And when Jesus was presented, he became. I want you to pay attention. I'm closing here. Jesus became a sin offering. The Bible said that Jesus was made sin. He was not a sinner. He was not a fornicator. He was made fornication. He was not lusting after anybody. He was made lost. Do you know the implication? The implication is that when he was made sin, he was now accused as the cause. If you are made murder, he's not made a murderer. A murderer is that you have killed. But he was made beyond a murderer. So being murder. That is, if you were not there, they wouldn't have been a murderer if there was no mother. So they had to kill him. Oh God. If they made him a fornicator and killed him, they would have been more fornicators. But if they made him fornication and kill him, then there should be no fornication again. So that is what they did. They made him an image of sin. And they dealt with him and made sure he died on the cross of Calvary. So they gave him to God as an offering. It was in a hot afternoon. And he was on the cross. The cross symbolized the wood. And the sun symbolized the fire. And he was dried up there on the cross. Until he breathed his last. And when he breathed his last. The writer of Hebrew is now explaining. And he says now where remission of sin is. 
there is no more offering for sin. The reason is because Jesus has been paid for the remission of sin. Has been paid. He has now become the currency that human beings are paid to become saved. So if I accept Jesus into my life, what has just happened to me is that the price for fornication has been paid. So now that he has been paid, I don't need, I should not be a fornicator again because I have been saved from fornication. So now, if you, after you say you have received Jesus and you are still fornicating, then you have made what he did on the cross to be of no advantage. How can I be crucified as the fornication? And you, where did you get the fornication that you are committing? Then you have not died with me. So, salvation becomes a powerful gift from God. Because our offerings for a whole week, most of you, you are very stingy in your offering, that your offering for a whole year cannot even buy one bullock. One bull, can't get it. So, how would I have been able to be bringing? And now, salvation becomes so cheap that all that you have to do is to understand John chapter 3 verse 16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever, when God is saying whosoever, he is talking about whether you would have been on the class that pays pigeon as an offering. Or the class that brings sheep as a sin offering. Or you would have been bringing a bull for a sin offering. He says whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. So, thank God that Jesus died on the cross. When he died, what he did was that apart from him being a price for the sin, he became a grace. A grace is that I receive him and I could now live the life a believer should live. The law I was looking at and tried all my best to do and I cannot do it. I could now do it. It's just like somebody trying to cut a circle. You want to cut a circle with your hands. You want to roll a circle in your hands. And you carry your hand like this on a plain board. And you try to roll a circle. And you put stuff, maybe a compass or whatever. And you see that your circle was not correct. They say you can do it again. They remove it. You try to do it again. They put it. It was not correct. How many of you know that you can do it for 100 times and you won't have a perfect circle? But Jesus becomes grace that when you follow his format... Anyhow you do it, you have gotten a real circle. It makes us have salvation. That's why the Bible said that to as many that has believed in him, he has given them power to become sons of God. So the moment I said, Lord Jesus, come into my heart. From that day, I no longer become, I admire the word servant of God, but my position is bigger than that. I become sons of God. So God sees me as Jesus' other brother. Jesus' other brother. I was meditating a few weeks ago and God said to me that there is something we have that angels do not have. And I asked him, what's that? He said that angels cannot get anybody converted. Angels cannot get anybody to repent. Angels can't tell anybody to repent. I said, God, why? Why can't angels get somebody to repent? He said that angels, if they want somebody to repent, then the person will repent and become an angel. (laughs) and and there's no provision for angelic recruitment anymore that the only people that have the reason 
and the audacity to get people to repent is either me or Jesus. Because we recruit people into becoming sonship. There is sonship recruitment. Ah. And there is no angelic recruitment. So it just can make somebody to repent because they can't repent and become angel. And they don't have power to make somebody to become a son because it takes a son to make somebody to become a son. So the moment you accept Jesus and don't just accept Jesus because you want cars. Don't accept Jesus because you want houses. Don't accept Jesus because you want money in your account. See Jesus beyond that. See Jesus based on the relationship. The moment we accept him. He has given us power to become sons of God. I mean that this struggling that you are struggling. If you are struggling with masturbation. You struggle. There is no day you can stay a whole full day without masturbation. The last time you tried. You masturbated by 8 p.m. You tried since morning. You have not masturbated since morning. By 8 p.m. you just gave up. You gave up the ghosts. You are still on the law. By the time you receive Jesus into your life, you will see that masturbation so disgusting. And you'll be wondering, is it what human beings are doing? But that was what you used to do. What has happened to you is that you have just been converted. Jesus has just stepped inside of you and said, don't worry. Relax. I'll live my life in you. And he starts becoming possible. I gave my life to Christ. And for two years, sir, I could not baptize. You know how Assemblies of God is now? I didn't use the light. Somebody has baptized. And he still be doing some certain, certain things. Because we used to sit down in the congregation and know some of the baptized members who were not doing a holy life. I said to myself, I don't want to be among those people who have baptized. And they are still misbehaving. So let me just keep relaxing. I thought it was a good idea. But I gave my life to Christ. And I said to myself, I don't want to fail. And go back. One day I had a conversation with my friend. And he told me, why have you not baptized? So I told him my genuine excuses. And he told me, so you have plans to go back to the wall? I said, no, I don't have plans. But I know that uh, I've been giving my life to Christ like this. <laughs> and sometimes after six months, I go back. He says, no, you need to embrace the grace of Jesus. The enablement, the power. The power that makes you to live the life of Christ. Oh my God. Have you seen that sometimes when you start typing on a computer, you start typing, you will be looking at the screen. And looking at S, click the S. Look at the screen. Look at it and click T. Look at it. But there's a time that you will now, you can close your eyes. And your hands understand where T is. Your hands understand where Z is. And you can do it without looking too much. And that is what the grace of Jesus comes to do. When it comes to live in you. It makes you to live the life of Christ at default. So from the day I accepted Christ, I could stay. Yes, no fornication. I could stay. I remember one day, I used to be a choir director. So one day, a lady was sitting down in the choir seat. And uh, I don't know how she was sitting, but she lifted up her legs somehow. I had given my life to Christ. And sin started becoming disgusting to me. It started becoming so dirty to me. So I told her, if you don't sit down well, I'll send you out of this place. And there was one elderly woman in that choir. After service, the elderly woman called me. And told me, I admire the grace of God upon you. So you could see a lady who's misbehaving. And you are disgusting by what she's doing. I say yes, because it has become irritating. When Jesus gets into your life, sin becomes irritating. And your ability to keep him there intact all the time makes you run away from sin. People who see you run away from sin, you will say, ah, you are a small boy, you are a small child. Yes, they see you, they run away from sin. You are a small child. Me, I feel even sleep here. Woman, they sleep here. Nothing happened. No. 
The Bible says, He that thinks he standeth, let him take heed lest they fall. Bow your heads, let's pray. Bow your heads. This message is for people that want to make heaven. Jesus came in and made things so easy. I don't care how many years you've been smoking. I don't care how many years you have been so addicted to very many things. But the moment you have accepted Jesus into your life, you have just gotten in a force. Imagine somebody who has not flight all his years for 50 years of his life. Hasn't flight. And just gotten witchcraft spirits. And could fly the next night. Because he had a spirit that could make him fly. How much more somebody who just have a Holy Spirit. And has just accepted Jesus into his life. You will have the ability to start living a righteous life. How it starts is that. The Holy Spirit will come into your life. And when he comes into your life. He will start teaching you how to live a right life. When you want to do the things you used to do. Because your flesh is calling you to do them. He will restrain you. By talking to you through your conscience. You will now find the things that you used to do. At ease. Becoming difficult for you to do it. If your hands mistakenly take something that doesn't belong to you. It gives you restless nights. And make you hate yourself for what you did. Until you return what you carried. And that is how he molds you. Till you can now become a message. Paul said that we are walking episodes. We are preaching as we are walking. Right now, I want you to just start thanking God for what Jesus has done on the cross. Thank Jesus for what he has done. What a wonderful Christ. What a wonderful anointing. Christ means anointing. What a wonderful anointing. What a wonderful privilege of being a son of God. Wonderful privilege. Wonderful atmosphere God has given to us. Wonderful time that God has given to us. Wonderful. Wonderful opportunity for hearing your voice. So wonderful that we could be called sons of God. A title that no angel has had. The problem is that depression has made you not to know your value. Depression has made you not to know your value. You are there depressed over the cars that you don't have. Over clothes that you don't have. When you should be rejoicing over what you have that others don't have. You have become a son of God. That's a position that angels are envious about. That's what makes angels ask Jesus. What is man that you are so mindful of? So mindful that you have just given him a chance to become yourself. I want you to worship the Lord wherever you are. I don't know how many people I'm talking to this morning. I don't know how many of you are hearing my voice this morning. That God has been ministering to you directly. And God said, don't allow the work I did on the cross to be in vain. Don't allow my sacrifice to be in vain. Don't allow the risk I took to be in vain. Don't allow the suffering, the shame, the reproach I took on the cross to be in vain.
accept me as your Lord and Savior. Where you lead me, I will follow. Be upstanding, everybody. When you call me, I will answer. Oh my God, please teach me how to do your will. If your hands are lifted up, we sing together now. Where you lead me, I will follow. When you call me, I will answer. Oh my God, please teach me how to do your will. With your hands lifted up to heaven, sing. My soul say, hey, say yes. Oh, say yes, my soul say yes, say yes to you. Yeah. One more time, lift your hands, my soul say yes. When Jesus died, the Bible said Jesus moved down to Hades. When he moved to Hades, the Bible said he preached to the saints. Saints? Yes, he preached to all the saints. Who were the saints before Jesus came? He preached to all the Abraham, the Jacob, he preached to all of them. All the Elijah, Jesus had to preach to them. And what he was preaching was, I hope you know the blood of the book could not cover your sin and could not wash them. And the Bible said that all the saints were in Hades. And after Jesus preached to them, on Sunday morning when Jesus resurrected, the Bible says, found the saints on the streets of Jerusalem. They resurrected with him. Because with all their righteousness, he was not enough to wash. I mean, most of the saints were priests but they did not accept Jesus that's why Jesus had to go and do a service for them and preach to them I'm telling you with your titles if you have not accepted Jesus you've just wasted it all with all our eyes closed right now please close your eyes I want to give you a wonderful opportunity right now it's a wonderful opportunity salvation is a wonderful privilege I want to give you a wonderful opportunity right now to give your life to Jesus. It's very, very important. Very, very important. 
Very, very important because you can't predict God. You can't say, God, don't worry, I'll give my life to you when I'm 30. How are you even sure you get to 30? You can't predict him. How are you sure rapture will wait for you to get to 30 or get to 45 or get to your old age? It's not happening like that. It can come any time. Rapture can take place even as we are in this service. It can take place. Jesus can come right now. If he doesn't come that quickly, death can come. And none of that will make God not to be righteous. So whenever we have a call of salvation, it's not just a call for suffering, it's a call for sonship. So right now, this morning, very many people will be added to sons' lists of God. If you just give your life to Christ, you'll be added to the list of God's sons. You may be surprised that God will say on the last day, I know you not. Do you know why he said I know you not? Because you are not part of the family. You've not been among his sons. This morning, as you're listening to me right now, I want you to give your life to Jesus. Titles in church won't help you. Positions in church won't help you. Except you have an encounter with this Jesus. It doesn't work. Don't say I'm in another religion. We don't believe in Jesus. It doesn't. Electricity, you don't need to believe in electricity before it shocks you. Whether you believe or you don't believe, when you touch naked wire, you get electrocuted. So wherever you're listening to me from, whether from our podcast, you're listening to us from our any of our social medias, or you are here in this auditorium and you want to be a son of God. You want your sins to be forgiven. It's not a show. It's just a declaration. I want your hands lifted up above your head wonderful privilege right now God has given to you. I want your hands lifted up above your head. As a sign of surrendering. As a sign of saying God here am I. Let angels take my photograph. So that on the last day when the devil will want to accuse me. They will present this photograph that I have given my life to you. And as your hands are lifted up I want you to start praying for the grace. So Lord I need the grace to live your life. To be your child. I need your grace not to disappoint you. I need your grace. Not to live for myself in this world. But to live for you. I need the grace. That even as the world is turning upside down. People are living for their lusts. Give me the grace to be your child. As your hands are lifted up. Say Lord Jesus. Come into my heart and be my savior. Be my Lord. Transform me Lord. Make me who you want me to be. I'm sorry Jesus. For always fighting you. For playing down on your gifts of salvation. Father, I need your grace. To walk with you. To walk as your child. All the days of my life. In Jesus name I pray. Amen. Wave your hands everybody to Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you Jesus. We bless your name Lord. We magnify you. Glorious God, we love you. Let our salvation and our talk about you not end here on earth. Hold us, Lord, till our last breath. Don't allow sicknesses to drive us away from this confession. Hold us. Keep us. Until you tell us well done. Let our legs not stop running. Let our mouths not stop confessing. In Jesus' name we pray your hands together for Jesus everybody what's wrong with your hands now do it better for Jesus